Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the weekend and welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Sutras here, Susan Eisenberg back on Word Balloon, the animated Amazon herself, Wonder Woman from the Justice League cartoons, Justice League Unlimited, many uh, video games as well, and MMOs, Injustice, of course. Uh, Susan's a great voiceover actress, and it's always great to catch up with her, see how she's doing. My God, it's been a while since uh, I've had a chance to talk to Susan. She did a couple uh, online shows for uh, us uh, over the uh, last uh, couple months with the pandemic uh, for Baltimore and an independent show that I was involved with for Mainframe Comic Con. She rallied and got all uh, seven Justice League members plus Andrea Romano plus Clancy Brown and there was an amazing table read. And of course, we also did a great Kingdom Come table read with herself and uh, Superman George Newbern and Mark Wade narrating. Uh, as always, she's just a fun uh, person that is up for anything when it comes to doing something fun for the fans. So it's great to catch up with her and see how she's doing and uh, just talk. We uh, talk about Wonder Woman, we talk about old movies, and we take some great fan questions as well. Susan Eisenberg on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Here's some of the highlights of February coming from Aftershock. You're going to see the release of Baby Teeth Volume 4, the wrap-up to the series from Donny Cates and Gary Brown. That's coming out on February 9th. There's issue 4 of Cross to Bear, the chase for Jack the Ripper from Marco Stojanovic and Sinza Banovich. That is coming out on February 23rd. There's also Paul Tobin and Andy McDonald's My Date with Monsters, issue 4, also coming out on February 23rd. Then there's the modern-day Christmas crime story, The Naughty List, from the minds of Nick Santora, TV writer of The Sopranos, Law & Order, The Fugitive, and Prison Break, and illustrated by Lee Ferguson of Sympathy for No Devils. That's coming up in April, and it's going to be another barn burner from Aftershock Comics. Don't forget, you can find full story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond codes on these and other books to order through your local shop at AftershockComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex's art speaks for itself. Iconic images of incredibly 
amazing characters over the years. DC, Marvel, tributes to people like the Monkees and Monty Python, David Bowie, the Beatles. So many great iconic people have allowed themselves and their estates have allowed Alex to depict them in ways that you want on your wall. Not only wonderful covers for graphic novels and comics, but also beautiful art prints, amazing lithographs, and incredible original art as well. If you can swing it, it's worth it because Alex is that kind of illustrative genius. And all of his work is waiting for you at every price point imaginable at alexrossart.com. Don't waste time. Go over there today. I'm sure you're going to find your favorite hero depicted by Alex Ross. alexrossart.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's right. My superhero team, the listeners of Word Balloon that back me through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. I'm not asking anybody to break the bank to support me. If you can spare it, if you like Word Balloon and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. And uh, it's just a monthly subscription. It could be a dollar. Whatever amount you can afford is greatly appreciated. It helps keep the lights on here at Word Balloon. And it uh, helps keep me in business as I pursue these great interviews and other projects as well that are coming in 2022. So if you like what you hear here and want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. And I really appreciate the support. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Welcome back, everybody. It's time again for Word Balloon. <laughs> the, the well, book and, go ahead. What are you going to say? The beginning was incredible. Oh, that's awesome, buddy. I didn't know you never saw it before. That's great. No, and like the Alex Ross thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your intro, but like, oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, thanks, that's awesome. Oh, oh. You're lovely. Thank you. Wow. Seriously. Um, you know, you're right because we've only done like online conventions and yes. stuff like that. So I understand. All right, there you go. John Suntress here. I'm happy to welcome back the animated Amazon herself. It's Susan Eisenberg, <laughs> everyone's favorite Wonder Woman. It's great to see you, my buddy, Shing Ching. Good to see you. <laughs> little, little bulletin bracelets action for you there. Thank you. And I, not everybody's favorite, but I think maybe yours. So that's, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, believe me, there you know there are uh, thousands behind me that are going, yeah, yeah. So great to see you. Well done. Um, we we didn't talk on the air, but I right. absolutely was thrilled that you were part of Masters of the Universe, the Kevin Smith production, and you did a great job as Enchantress, a great mentor to uh, Tila and everything. I thought that was terrific. You know, I was really excited. I mean, that came out of left field. I think I've told the story that I about the casting because I mean, I met Kevin very uh, briefly in a in a green room at a comic con when I was brave enough to go up and introduce myself to him. And um, a few months later, the job appeared, and um, you know, it was just it was just thrilling to get something like that and to work with him. And he was there directing me at every at every turn. Um, once COVID started, he would direct me remotely, but it was phenomenal. He, he's, well, I don't have to tell anyone about how great he is. I mean, everyone knows he's great. And he is such a supportive uh, director. I mean, like cool. he's your biggest fan and you feel that, you know, you don't always feel that with some directors, um, but with Kevin, he, like you just feel his enthusiasm and he's on your side and he's, you know, just it, it was it was just very exciting working with him. That's and I love playing this character. I mean, she was, you know, um, 
you know, the sorceress, it was, it was a little intimidating because I, you know, knew she was beloved by fans from yesteryear. Um, and I, I watched old think clips and stuff to hear her ethereal voice. But when I went into the studio to record, you know, Kevin's like, yeah, I don't want, no, I, I know what I want you to do. You know, that thing you do with Wonder Woman? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's kind of what I want you to do. <laughs> I'm like, cool. oh, really? Easy, easy peasy. That's fantastic. That's excellent. Uh, yeah. And if I said if I said Enchantress, I apologize. I've got Marvel, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. Marvel on the brain, but it's uh, all right. No, and you know, I obviously we all saw the flack that the the first half got because uh-huh. I would say, "Hey, wait a minute, bait and switch. What are you doing?" Hey, hey. right, right. Every, you know, and as always, you know, comic books have the same problem. You know, they'll have a twist in, in Act One of a story, and people will freak, and it's like, "Hey, it's six issues." Right. Let the let the story play out, man. So I mean, obviously everything uh, ended, I think, in a good way for both Tila and he, man, and and all the all the good guys. So well, not so much for me, but I don't no spoilers. But um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought the the second half was so strong, and I'm not running the show, so I can't say, hey, run it all at the same time, run all of them together. They obviously have their ways of marketing it and doing it. Um, but it's funny because I've been at Comic Cons since the whole show ran. And okay. Talked to fans and they loved it, loved it. So that was great to hear that people yeah. approved of it and more than approved, um, dug it and were like, "Will there be more? We want more." Right. So it's you know you wanna you wanna make the fans happy, you know. Absolutely. Uh, wow, right out of the box, Lewis uh, is reading my mind because I wanted to know this as well. First, he says, thanks for doing the interview. And then he says, do you know about uh, the new DC animated universe Justice League comic book by J.M. DeMatteis? Yes. Uh, it, it made us wonder bad shippers so damn happy. Uh, so, yeah, that's great. You are aware of it. I loved it. It was a great story. Excellent story. Yeah. You know, I'm such a fan of, you know, it's James Tucker and JM doing it together. And um, they were so sweet because they would include me in some of this, you know, when they would put it out there to the fans, they would tag me. And um, it got a huge reaction from me because there is, as he said, there is a huge Wonder Bat element to it. And I mean, if anyone follows me, they know I, I love the Wonder Bat. So um, hashtag. Wonderbat. So it was, it made me giddy. And I yeah. just, it was so mind blowing when they were drawn like we were at one point. Anything that brings those characters to life in any way, in any iteration, you know, makes me so happy. Um, so yeah, I'm thrilled and delighted. And I can't wait for it to become live act, uh, to become animated. Oh, God. <laughs> no, like, I have no information. Happy. Oh, that would be that would be terrific. Of it course, that was amazing. that great. I'm not. I don't have it handy, or I'd, I'd pop it up. That great controversial uh, cover of Dark Side and Wonder Woman. So yeah. So Wonder Dark, Wonder Seed. What do you? What do you? <laughs> no, we're not going there, John. We're not even. We're not even going there. It was temporary. It was a temporary moment. Alternate um, universe. Alternate, alternate universe. It's all right. Anything goes in the Bizarro. Bizarro. Uh, you could have had a beard like Spock. I mean, you know, anything could have happened. Well, that's so uh, I, I put no faith in that pairing. I'm going to stick with my Wonder Bat pairing. But it was just, <laughs> you know, it's like anything that lives on. Um, yeah. You know, and just who better than JM and, and James? Like they, you know, they're two so 
amazing writers and illustrate, you know, like, um, uh, illustrators, not the right word, but storytellers, um, if you will. Thank you. Storytellers. So, I mean, I, I would love for it to become something else, but even if it's just what it is, it's still wonderful. I'm with you. Absolutely. Wayne uh, says, uh, let's not forget, of course, the great wonder pig episode in Bruce. Singh. Yes. <laughs> my blue. Of course. Well, yeah, I don't think I could forget it since Kevin sings every time I see him, he sings the song and my blue, I mean, he will break out into song at any chance he can get. And he has a beautiful singing voice folks. Clearly. I mean, he's it's stunning, but every time we're on a panel, every time we're at a, a comic con and, and I think I may egg him on a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's lovely. He breaks and, and he serenades me. You said you've been at a few conventions. Yeah, uh, a couple. This past summer or, uh, or recently? Um, or? Actually, recently. Um, they were my first two back. Um, I did one in um, here locally in Los Angeles, and I did one in New Mexico. Oh, wow. Fun. Yeah. And I've got some others coming up. I've got Kansas City. So there's you know, hopefully we can all be safe and we can all see each other. And yeah, that would be lovely, you know, for that to happen. Sure. I hope, uh, I hope Terrificon this year might be Me part too. of the schedule. So and I know it's, everyone's kind of waiting. It's, it's tentative, but I mean, I'm hoping to do it this year. Last year, I, I, I didn't feel comfortable, but this yes. year, hopefully, you know, we've all been boosted and well, anyway. Yes. No, I, well, at least exactly the two of us, at least have been right. Right. So certainly um, these uh, shows that you've done recently, were there other Justice League cast members with you? Yes. So um, a lot of times I travel with Maria uh, Hawkgirl and George, like we're, you know, the three of us are with the same booking agent and we're also pals. So we, you know, it's, it's an opportunity, but it's also, we just like hanging together. We're, we're good friends. So, and then we try to rope in, um, Philomar, if we can, we try to rope in, um, uh, making a lasso joke. We try to lasso, uh, Kevin in and, you know, Carl and Michael are a little tougher to get. Um, but we try, you know, we always want the seven of us. That's always the, the, the fancy, the dream, the goal. Um, sometimes we get five of us, which is pretty good. But I'm still hoping that there's one more seven of us in, you know, in our future. And then Andrea often joins us too, Andrea yes. Romano. Yes. Um, we just were on a, we were just on a, um, a call the other day trying to set up some things with Andrea. So, you know, we're, we're always trying to, to keep the gang together. Here, here. Let's, let's right? certainly hope so. You know, I, I don't know if I told you, uh, because you weren't there, I tried to find, a good George and Maria came to Terrificon mm -hmm. and it was, and it was kind of driving me crazy. I'm like, there's gotta be some good Hawkman or Hawk girl, Superman scenes. Yeah. And, and I went through everything and I really, you know, wasn't finding a lot. And I reached out to Mark Wade and I'm like, yeah. there's gotta be a great comic book that was just Hawk girl and Supergirl. And seriously, within the hour, he responds back and he's like, uh, DC comics presents number 41 oh, from geez. 1980. Sends me the PDF of the comic, so I rewrote like the first act of the comic, and yeah. uh, and gave it to Maria and George, and they performed it, and it was yeah. so great. It was so yeah, because it's not like a bunch of stuff jumps into my head about the two of them together. Now, if it were Phil Lamar and Maria, 
Of course. We have buckets, buckets of things. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's there there aren't a lot of things. So that's listen, you reached out to the right guy. What can I tell you? I'm hip. I know. You've it, got you've got people. You've got people. Well, I, I truly, and uh, we, well, you know, I've been saying this, and I, I won't say who because nothing's confirmed, but I told you about my monkeys project. Yes. And you had immediate suggestions, and I'm so thrilled. And I hope they come through. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm excited. There's good, mo- there's good momentum. So good. Good. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. No, truly. Um, all right. A couple questions. Uh, Ooh, I love questions. I love questions from the audience or from, is it not? We can call them an audience. Of course. No, no, they're an audience. Absolutely. Now, he, you know, uh, I think it's an obvious answer. Uh, Susan, have you been hoping for an animated Justice League reunion movie? Um, let me think. Uh, um, yes. Uh, just every day and every night. Um, you know, it's been one of my, <laughs> it seems like a lifelong um, goal of mine because JL, hashtag JL reunion has been in the mix for, I think, you know, a, a while now. We've been talking yeah. about it forever. Yeah, a couple um, of years. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's a dream of mine. And, um, you know, we're all, we would all love to do it. All the actors, Andrea would love to direct it. She'd come wow. out of retirement to do so. Wow. Um, Bruce Tim loves the idea. So, you know, we're hoping the more people that stream that are watching us on HBO Max, because Justice League and Justice League Unlimited are both streaming there right now. The That's more right. people watch them, the better. It, it, it back in the back a few years, it was like people need to buy the DVDs, people need to buy, you know, the the shows, and then if they're if they sell them, that'll tell the studio that it's popular. Now, it's the streaming. So we yeah. just, I think that Warner Brothers needs to know that there's still an audience out there. I know it, you know it, but we've got to convince some people. Um, no one invited. And the good news is, you know, I know this week they announced that uh, Hulu's bringing back a new season of Futurama. And, right. uh, and you know, a couple of years ago, Animaniacs, uh, you know, came yes. back, which was terrific. Yes. Um, so, Young Justice. So, uh, yes, indeed. Of course, Young Justice, 100%. And that's the thing, man. I, I think, you know, you're right. And also, it's just been this slow progression. I remember when the Superman Doomsday, the first animated film you know mm-hmm. god 16 years ago came out and everyone immediately was like we want the judas contract from T- titans we want king yeah. of come we want all these great stories uh-huh. and everyone's like well you know one step at a time one step at a time the good news is things have progressed uh we keep getting great animated films but also i think there is a a, re- a reason to bring back that great cast i mean uh, uh, that's the beauty of animation you guys can still do it and and yes. not miss a beat it's the next day, metaphorically. It's, you know, right, you know, and it's very, and and it's you know, if if the if if the fans weren't asking and we weren't thrilled to do it, and Andrea and Bruce, you know, then I'd say, well, we have to just give it up. But it, there really doesn't seem to be a reason not to do it. Um, you know, Greg Weissman said that the reason Young Justice came back was because the. You know, the fans kept watching. They kept buying the DVDs. They kept binging it when it first appeared to stream. So I just, you know, the fans have been so patient and so extraordinary. And I just want to say to them, thank you and don't give up um, because we're really, 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 really trying um, to keep it alive. I mean, there's there's several sites on Twitter 
um, that are dedicated only to the JL reunion, animated, you know, animated JL, JL and, um, you know, they've been amazing and they have a lot of followers. So we just do what we can do. Well, not only that, now too, um, audio production is happening more and more. And I know I haven't heard anything announced beyond Sandman and I know Sandman's up and right. running, but um, Marvel has done several great audio series and I know DC is flirting with it. And maybe there's something in the works that hasn't been announced yet, but there's another, I mean, that's the other thing too. Let's not just stop at animation. It would be great to get right. all of you on a, an audio series or, or event of some sort. It would be amazing. Yeah. Th I think that's it. There's so much potential. You know, if the, if it's too much money to animate, then let's do the audio program. I mean, you know, there's seven actors here, not to mention all the other actors from Unlimited, right? And there's so many. Oh, God, yeah. There's so much talent. It's a, it's a huge talent pool. And, you know, you have somebody like Kevin and Michael and Carl and George and Maria and Phil. Like, just how do you not make this happen? Um, anyway, thank you for the question. It's a dream of mine. And one day I'll be on the show talking about how exciting it is that it's about to happen. Here, here. Hopefully. Let's hope so. Wayne wants to know or wants to acknowledge one of the best scenes from Justice League is when Batman reveals everybody's secret identity in a department store. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's such classic. That's the, the beauty of that show, right? I mean, when people say, what's your favorite show? What was your favorite scene? It, it, you know, it, it can sound like you're trying to dodge it, but there are just too many. I mean, there's so many because look who we had writing for us. You know, we had JM, we had Dwayne McDuffie, the brilliant, yeah. the brilliant late Dwayne McDuffie. We had Stan Berkowitz. We had uh, Rich Fogel. We, you know, all these brilliant writers who knew and understand and felt passion for this world and it was they were such smart scripts and then you have Dan Reba directing and you know when you, you put all of it together um James Tucker you put Andrea you put Bruce Tim who created this particular universe for us um yes. you know it was it was a gift from the gods if you will or the a gift from Bruce Tim um, that we all got to be a part of it and that we're sitting here talking about it. The show went off in 20 in, in 2006 and here we are. Right. I hear you, buddy. It's pretty yeah. incredible. It, pretty absolutely. incredible. Absolutely. No question. Am I right? Um, did uh, Eric Carrasco, I know did uh, 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 at least one or if not a couple masters of the universe episodes. He did. And did he, he, did. Did he do your fatal five uh, movie or? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And the beauty of Eric, I mean, He's such a gifted, wonderful writer, as were so many of the writers on Masters. Like, I didn't know Masters of the Universe. I wasn't a He-Man gal. I am now. Um, but I, I would get these scripts. Like, I would write to the writers, and I would say, you know, I'd write to Tim Sheridan. I'd write to them and say, I just read your script. And I got emotional. I mean, this stuff with me and my daughter, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, you know, it was just incredible. I, it was so moving. Anyway, I'm getting off track. But Eric did write Justice League versus the Fatal Five. And what's so beautiful about that is that Eric grew up on the Justice League. 
<laughs> and you know, when I came in to record for um, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, I had no idea that it was going to be in the vein of the Justice League, that we were going to look like we had in that show. And the first time I saw the drawing of, of Wonder Woman and super, because it was the Trinity. They didn't use the whole cast, but they used right. the Trinity. I, I was verklempt. I mean, I could not believe they were bringing back this iteration of Wonder Woman. And it was really emotional. And Eric, who had grown up on it, um, you know, when I first met him, you know, it was it was just so delightful meeting somebody who had been a fan of the original series and was now writing, writing a movie. And a good movie at that. And I really a good movie. Know. Such a good movie. So proud of, of that film. It's just a very good movie. They uh, they announced a Wonder Woman game recently. Yes, yes, they did, um, which is very exciting. I mean, uh, you know, the the fan reaction was explosive. Um, people have been wanting one for so long, um, and I say this all the time. You know, not to take away from Batman and his legacy or Superman, but you know, Wonder Woman has has not had a standalone animated series. And she has not had a standalone video game. And considering that she is one of, or maybe the biggest female character in the DC universe. Oh yeah. I can't think of another, you're, you're more knowledgeable than I am about this stuff, but I can't think of a bigger name than, than Diana. Um, it's, you know, it, to me, it's, it's, she's been overlooked and uh, you know, like, just like when we got a, a feature with Gal. I was, you know, it makes me happy for the fans. They've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, people are asking me if I would love, if I would do it, it you know, an animated series or a game. Yeah. And the, the shortest answer is yes. Um, but it's not up to me. You know, it's the powers that be that do the casting and choose the, the Wonder Woman that they want. Um you know, of course I would want to be a part of it. Of course I would want to do either or or both. But at the end of the day, um, I'll support whoever they choose. And also I'll, I'm very, very happy for the fans that they get this standalone video game. I mean, look at what Arkham was for Batman. Yeah. You know, it was brilliant. And Kevin obviously got to do it. Um, it would be lovely if I got to do it for the game, yeah. but, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I hear you. You know, they, the last year they came out with the justice society movie and, uh, there was yes. a significant role for wonder woman in that. And she really yes. was the leader, uh, which was great because it's a nice turnaround. Uh, back in 1940, literally wonder woman was the secretary of the justice society. And yes. I even believe there might've been an, uh, an issue, where she was like cleaning the headquarters, which is right. kind of embarrassing today. So no, man, she's a powerhouse. And she, I mean, you know, really, you don't have to apologize. Wonder Woman's part of the tri the Trinity. Oh no, I'm not apologizing for that. I'm apologizing for wanting to, to voice her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but, but, but that's not up to me, obviously. Sure. And in fact, that that iteration of Wonder Woman for, um, I love that drawing. I love the image of Wonder Woman in Secret Society. I just think it's she's she's so much of what I imagine Wonder Woman. It's like 
you know, you take Darwin, you put all these people together and that's, she, she's very much like what I imagine Wonder Woman to look like. Yeah, I you know uh, here Wayne has another point, and uh, oh. I, I again I understand. He says we had Kevin portray a Kingdom Come Batman and Batgirl. Uh, do you think the whole cast could get back together again to do an audio recording of Kingdom Come? Well, uh, you know Wayne probably knows that uh, we we kind of did the great uh, Superman Wonder Woman scenes. Uh, right. right here on Word Balloon and that part of yes. uh, the Baltimore show last year with Mark right. Wade narrating and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure it would be great to get the seven of you back to uh, to be in a kingdom come. Yes. Audio. I mean, again, it it, 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 it it takes some work because it's seven people and seven schedules and it's not easy. But if there's a will, there's always a way. And, you know, um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, you know, we're all here. Most of us are in LA. Kevin's back and forth, LA, New York, but he's here okay. a lot. And, you know, most of us, I mean, we're all very attached to these characters. So um, it's a gift to all of us when we get to voice them. We all feel that way. And when we yeah. get to be together in as these characters, I mean, Kevin's the only Batman I've ever had. I've only worked with Kevin. I've worked with um, Tim Daly and George, but mostly with, with George. I mean, sure. he's, you know, so, uh, you know, there's a very special relationship. You know, it's not like we're all hanging out at the Watchtower all the time, but <laughs> when we get together, it's like, you know, immediate. Yeah. Like we just feel so comfortable in those roles with each other. Well, having done them for that many years, I, I yes. can see that. And and yes. I, I find it interesting, and it didn't even occur to me, but as you said, being able to work with uh, Kevin Smith about Masters of the Universe during COVID, God, mm-hmm. thank God we've got, you know, the iPhone and the iPad and everything. And even though it's virtual, you can still likely, you know, be on, you know, the camera uh, necessities and however you connected to do the voices and stuff like that. I mean, thank God, thank God we've got all this technology now. No, I, mean, we, I, I think I, voice, voiceover actors were very lucky in that regard because we could still audition. We can still um, work. You know, I've been able to convert a closet into a, like, a, you know, a, a studio that, that's good enough that I can record video games um, and I can record commercials and I can record interviews. So it's, it's, it's been an, a, a you know, a huge break for the community. Um, you know, we don't go to studios anymore, which isn't a break for the studios. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty pretty brilliant that we've been managed to do this. I mean, of course, it it has made us all like directors and engineers, which we never were before. Now I have to edit my stuff, and I have to do a backup, and I have to know things about. Um, you know, my microphones and all of that. So it's all, it was a huge learning curve in the beginning. But now it's like puff puff. You know, I, 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 you know, I can work with the engineer and I know what I'm doing and it's exciting. Does it inspire you to um, create something for yourself? I mean, that's, you know, honestly, COVID kind of made my creative gene kick into gear and it's like, right, what, what can I do with the skills that I have to kind of create some opportunities while things got lousy in broadcasting. I mean, you know, it yeah. is what it is. But thankfully, things are working out, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that if anything, one of the, the obvious things is like a podcast, but that is just, you know, oversaturated with talent and extraordinary talent. 
there's also a lot of mediocrity too. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> and while some of them just blow me away, some of them are like ho-hum. Um, but, you know, finding a niche, finding my voice for what I would want to spend my time talking about, um, you know, but I've been talking with with somebody who is very interested. So we'll see. Oh, good. We'll see. That's great to hear. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'll keep you, you know, posted. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a reason why I bug you every six months to say come back, and that's because, honestly, I think you're great at doing this, and uh, you get your points across, and I think you have interesting uh, uh, we, well, we share a lot of the same interests and everything. Thank and you. I think, you know, yeah, I think, I think you'd be very capable. I mean, thank you. God, I'm, uh, you know, God, today was an amazing Turner classic movie day. I couldn't like break away to watch, but I set the DVR to like record several great noir movies that they were doing all day. So, and now I'm I think- taking such a deep dive into film noir. I can't even tell you. I mean, it, it's spectacular how many movie film noir films I have watched in the last year through COVID. Deep dive, John. At a girl. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, I am just loving it so much. Loving all the choices out there to watch. Are there, are, are there particular actors that you're like, oh my God, I never really paid attention to X until, you, you know. know. It's interesting because uh, I definitely saw a few more Joan Crawford movies. I, you know, I was so turned off. <laughs> by the mommy dearest thing and all of that. Sure. But I have really done a lot of uh, viewing on her. Okay. And I'll tell you who has really turned my head around is Ida Lupino. Amazing. I am in awe of her. What an extraordinary actress, director, producer. What she did as a woman in the industry and the barrier she broke, the, the things she accomplished it makes me sad that she's not better known Agreed. to a younger audience. Um, you know, I man, there's a, go ahead. I, there's a lot of material out there. If you know, and I also discovered this podcast called you must remember this podcast, which Love kind it. of does a deep dive into all these wonderful stories from yesteryear. And um, Karina Longworth is the yes. uh, producer and the narrator. And so she's she, great has so much passion for all these stories and these actors. So I, you know, that was also so fantastic, you know, hearing I, about that. And and Turner also did a deep dive into Lucille Ball. I mean, just not in uh, noir, but yes. it, the plot thickens. Ben Mankiewicz was yes. just, oh, so good. I mean, I can't get enough of that stuff. I'm so 
drawn to it. But I, the ones that are standing out that are new, because I knew Barbara Stanwyck, I knew all the, the, you know, the big ones. And Joan yeah. obviously is there was no one bigger than Joan. But I hadn't watched a lot of her films, and I have now. And Ida Lupino, uh, you know, just um, just adore her. Adore. I her. hear you. I think I think honestly, it's one documentary away for more awareness because, as you say, there really is this great body of work, both as a director and as an actor, that I think people would really be like, "Wow!" You know, I bug um, Dean Haspiel all the time, and I don't know if we talked about this before. No, but his godmother was Shelley Winters. Oh gosh! And and literally, he spent many weekends at her apartment with Farley Granger just above them. And, hey, De Niro's going to watch you for an hour while I run an errand. I hope you don't mm. mind, Dean. And, I mean, you know, Dean's a little kid and doesn't know who these people are at the time. And I'm like, Dean, that is a graphic novel you got to make. Because even Shelley Winters, I've, I've, I've discovered a lot of her uh, 50s work. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And in fact, she was just in a movie that we watched the other night, um, The Big Knife. Oh, sure. Um, oh, I love The Big Knife. What a movie. What a movie. <laughs> what a movie. Um, Jack Palance. You know, I yeah. never, I never, I have never seen, I hadn't seen a lot of his films. Uh, I watched a great one with Joan Crawford called... I'm not going to think of it right now because I'm, I'm not sure. under pressure, but it was, it's like one word and it was so good. Um, with when Joan realizes that he's not in love with her, that he's using her and it's called shocked, I think. And, um, Oh, you know, just okay. So, so I haven't good. seen it, but okay. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I'm but sure. Shelly Winters and oh my, can we just talk about Shelly Winters in, um, George Stevens, uh, Elizabeth oh, uh, Taylor, Monty Clift. Oh, um, uh, oh, of uh, uh, um, not right. Uh, uh, damn it, she's in the 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 Amazing Orchid dress, right? Uh, with with Monty Clift, right? I can't. Oh gosh. Because I mean, I I go to uh, sun. It has the word sun in it. Yeah, yeah. That's S-U-N. what I was going to say. Like raisin, it's not raisin in the sun. It's no. Uh, yeah, that's that's Poitiers. Uh, Oh God! Shame on us! It's I'm embarrassed. Oh, so am I, buddy. Feel free okay. if you. I was gonna say, feel free if you're looking it up. That's cool. I'm looking uh, it up because I have to. No problem. Um, for Joan Crawford, though, while you're looking it up, I love her thirties yeah. movies, and the really, I mean, those like the women and and things like that that are she's just incredible in those movies. I mean, I like in- her Mildred Pierce period as well, of course. But you know, it's interesting. I took a I was a cinema studies major and. Uh, Puff, puff. And um, <laughs> I remember taking a 30s cinema 30, you know, in the 30s class. And I didn't really care too much about the 30s before the class. And boy, did I love it. Boy, did I appreciate those 30s films. Oh, so, yeah. so good. Okay. Um, place in the Sun. A Place in the Sun. Thank you. When you said Sun, and I'm like, all right, wait a minute, you know. I mean, so. Shelley Winters is so good in all these films. And, you know, people think of her in The Poseidon Adventure. And exactly. yet she had this brilliant film career before that. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm with you. And, and absolutely. You know I love all this stuff. I Well, that's why we're talking about it. <laughs> 
I always want to talk to you about that stuff. So that's no, true. that's great. That's true. Um, oh, Wayne wants to know if you ever, uh, Wayne's asking you questions tonight. Have you watched any European or Japanese films? You can see the influence these directors uh, had on film. Certainly. Yeah, a lot. I mean, you know, I think if you're a film lover, you've watched a lot of European films and Japanese films because there's all this wonderful cinema out there. So, yeah, and absolutely. Isn't it great, too, that I think finally in the last couple of years, the Oscars have figured out, you know, we are an international product. It's mm -hmm. great to have best foreign film. But let's not forget that, you know, so many great movies should be up for best picture that don't necessarily originate from our country. And it's right. finally, you know, we are getting that. And that's great because I really do think it's only helping the awareness. And I'll, I mean, that is one of the byproducts of sadly of COVID is that, uh, you know, so many of the streamers have taken these movies and, you know, it's it's a lot easier to see the nominated films than running around from theater to theater. I miss running around from theater to theater, mm -hmm. but by the same token, I am glad that I have the access. And plus, I, I, I will. Here's my puff puff. I get my SAG screeners, so I'm, I'm, right. I'm you know, that I that I've got that kind of access as well. But I, but I do find it interesting that again, uh, the Oscars finally are kind of broadening their own horizons. You know. Yeah. So what is it? So there's like ten or nine best pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an issue group. Did you see uh, the new Nightmare Alley that Del Toro made? No, I will, okay. but I haven't seen it. You know, have you seen the classic, of course, with uh, Tyrone yes. Power? That yes. a girl. It's and good. The modern ones. You know good. what I watched last night? I watched Li Liquish uh, Pizza. Sure, sure. I got um, my screener yesterday. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I'm excited really to watch it. I really enjoyed it. I will not. Uh, no spoilers, but I really enjoyed it. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> People are liking what we're saying right now. That's good. Thank you, Shakim. That's very nice. No, I'm. Uh, I'm excited. God, I was get. I always get paranoid. Because, and again, everyone's sorry. First world problem. But like, I've I've really been thrilled the last few years uh, becoming a member of SAG and getting access to the screeners. And I'll be like, it'll be like late December or early January. Be like, should I be getting screeners by now? I mean. Aren't the awards coming up because it's a pre-Oscar award thing? It takes so I long to process it. In fact, it was a little frustrating because I didn't want the DVDs because I okay. have so many channels that I stream. And sure. also they <laughs> allow you, SAG, let, it'll let you um, look at everything online. Yes. You know, you can do it online. And yes. so I thought, you know what? I don't want the screeners because it's not, you know, you're not supposed to share them and you're not supposed to, right. you know, there's no way, easy way to dispose of them. So I signed That's up for... Too just digital oh and you can do that now there's there is that well option. you can but i got all the dvds anyway so i was a little <laughs> disappointed because i'd signed up but i guess it took a it took longer to get into the system so unfortunately i did get all the dvds but next year i'm going to sign up earlier because i i just don't you know then you have a big pile of dvds that you can't you're do anything right. with no and you're right it's and you so do. wasteful that's true. You're right about that. That's very, very true. Um, I don't know. I guess it's the, the blush of getting them new for the last in the last couple of years. And especially all my friends like yourself and the friends that are in the DGA and the, the Writers uh -huh. Guild and the Directors Guild. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got that screener. Oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, man, that's nice. The DGA gets everything. Like they, yes. for years, they were like, you know, they're the creme de la creme Absolutely. of the guild. And they get the most of all the of all the films. But it is fun. And like, you know, but I have to tell you, we've watched 
the DVD last night and it was like, oh, wait, let's, you know, on the DVD player. Like we haven't used, <laughs> <the DVD. laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, oh God, this is dusty. We haven't used it. We had to plug it in. I mean, we had taken off the plug. So it, it was, it was great to, to, to watch the film, um, but streaming boy, it is just a whole different ball game. I hear you, buddy. Absolutely. I, um, I uh, what was I going to say? The oh yeah, no, for the monkeys thing, I uh, I got all the um, Rafelson Schneider the BBS movies from the seventies. Okay, yes, and they have a great they have a great box set, and among them, of course, is the monkey film Head that Rafelson directed. But okay. uh, my intent too with the monkeys documentary is to talk about what everybody did after the show ended, including Schneider Rafelson and uh, I forget who the other B was. Right. In, in, yeah. uh, Schneider you know, who was the other one? It's Steve something. He's the marketing guy. Right. Schneider was the business guy. Rafelson was the director. And Steve Blah was the was uh, the other B in BBS. Yeah, I so. remember just hearing, you know, Peter Bogdanovich always talked about BBS, BBS, BBS. You know, he did, and Polly Platt, like they, they yeah. did yeah. so much with them. Yeah. God, by the way, great season of, uh, you must remember this about Polly Platt. Ironic, well, maybe not ironically, running at the same time that Mankiewicz is interviewing Bogdanovich. And it was very, uh, very interesting getting both sides of the story that way. It really was. And I thought it was so eye-opening hearing about her. I so appreciate, that was the first one I listened to. And I recommended it to everybody because, um, boy, I mean, I've seen her name on the big screen for decades and I yeah. never knew her story, and it was riveting. And as brilliant as Peter was, she was equally as brilliant. And 100%. you know, no one knows her name, and everyone knows Peter's name, as they should. Totally. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of like a Batman Wonder Woman thing. Everyone should know Batman's name, as long as they also know Wonder Woman's name. You know, there's definitely, um, you know. It's just so gratifying when some someone's story that hasn't been told comes to light. And there's a whole audience out there that's just, you know, drinking it all in. It was so, that was like a nine-part series that they did. It was fantastic on Polly. And I loved the one on Peter also. I loved oh, I it. agree. No, no, no. I, and, I, and I agree. And both. Ben was so close to Peter. And so, you know, he was so devastated when... Peter died, and um, you know I know Ben a little bit. I don't know him oh, wow. well, but I know him. A, I know him a little bit, and um, you know, so it was such a. He loved doing that the the documentary on on Peter. You know, the series on Peter. Yes. So you know, and, and it's special when it's somebody like two people who know each other and feel comfortable. Um, you know, he Peter wasn't guarded with Ben because he was his friend. No, it's a great Peter. And in fact, like I like I can just call him Peter. Like I'm like I, we were like this. No, yeah, you guys are tight. Absolutely, <laughs> we were. No, <laughs> Do you. I mean, obviously, too, living in LA, you get to see or the opportunity is there. Pre-COVID, although I've noticed they have done a couple events here and there. Will you get a director? They'll show a film and they'll do the Q and A afterwards. Have you, uh, you know, have, do you ever take advantage of that and go see any of those? Yeah, not for a while though. Um, but what is interesting, it's, you know, there are a lot of celebrities in this town. You see, you used to see people all the time just going about your daily life. And one day, um, Ken Schreiner, who's a good friend of mine, 
uh, Green Arrow um, for those Justice League followers and for the general, the soap opera followers, who I don't know that we have any, uh, Scotty Baldwin on General Hospital. Absolutely. And he and I were having lunch at the Glen Center at a restaurant called Fabricini's, which is our one of our uh, favorite haunts. And we look over in the corner and there's Ben Mankiewicz. Oh, wow. Having lunch. And it was, you know, it was like I saw David Cassidy. I mean, I was so giddy. I was so, because I'm such a fan of his. And, um, he's great. you know, he's That's just, great. he's just darling. And, you know, it was lovely just to see him and talk to him. And Ken, Ken and I both are huge TCM fans, you know, obsessed with TCM. Yeah. So yeah. it was, you know, it was like seeing a movie star. It sure. was better. It was better than seeing a movie star, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> no, I get it. I, uh, you know, did you notice? Obviously, they kind of um, upgraded their uh, the the little, uh, interstitials they do in between movies yes. and their logos and everything. And yeah. at first, it was so weird. Last summer, I'm like, man, they are pushing the '60s movies in particular really mm-hmm. hard. And then I'm like, well, do the math, dummy. They want you know people to come to their uh, their version of Comic Con when Turner does their big classic film uh, festival and everything, right? And right. I'm like, I guarantee you, George Hamilton is going to be like one of the key people at whatever the next event is because there was just a shit ton of George Hamilton movies. Not that that's a bad thing. It was really fun seeing a lot of them. But yeah, I'm and like, he's all right. He's such a character too. Like, imagine George being on the stage. He knows every. It's like, uh, you know, he was just there when it right. was all still. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, the people you know, who work do you follow? With do you follow Allison Martino on Twitter? Allison Martino, oh, Al that's, Martino's that's daughter. That's Martino's daughter, of course. And no, but she, I've heard her on um, on Dana Gould's podcast a million times, and I do keep meaning to follow her. Tell me, yeah, she's got like oh, all the old Hollywood stories because oh. she was a kid surrounded by them. Surrounded by it. She has such a great photo library. She, you, I mean, seriously, as soon as we finish this, go on Twitter, follow her. She I does will. like vintage Los Angeles and um, it's, it's just glorious following her, you know, and, um, and, you know, and it, she, she or her dad or the community, she just knows all the stories. And um, it's just, if you're like us who, you know, you grew up loving show business and appreciating show business, it just, um, it, it's so entertaining. It's so entertaining. So follow her when we're done with the interview. No, that's good fantastic. to know. There was a documentary last year about a Chicago nightclub called Mr. Kelly's. Yes. And Mr. Kelly's is a big music pl- jazz mm-hmm. place and a big comedy place as well. And uh, I'm, I've been pursuing the filmmakers uh, to come on and talk about it because it's a great documentary. I mean, being a Chicago guy, I love it. And uh, I, I really think it's a great another piece of showbiz history that, you know, I'm glad that someone is around to show younger people what a, what a great time it was uh, and a great era of live entertainment. Um, yeah, we know. need to hear their stories. You know, they have such amazing stories to tell. Interestingly, uh, I used to see Sidney Poitier a lot. Wow. Yeah, I used to see him quite a bit. And he was always, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't have like, this personal anecdote that's so unique, but he was, he was always kind. He was always gracious. And he was, he was always around, you know, he was, he lived here 
Um, he great. was out and about. He was at Whole Foods. You know, um, he was just living his life. Always That's so gracious. cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I listen to, I don't know if you listen to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, but I he, don't. And his co- he and his co-host are massive classic show business uh, fans mm-hmm. and enthusiasts. And they really managed to get so many great people on. And one of the guys that helps uh, them book people had some amazing Poitier uh, stories. But, I mean, God, they had uh, they just had Paul Apprentice and Richard Benjamin together, and they were lovely together. Before they passed away, they had Jessica Walters and um, Ron Liebman together. Ron Liebman, yep. Yeah. And uh, Lee Grant came on and told incredible mm-hmm. stories about, you know, her being on the blacklist and oh. go through all that nonsense. You know, that's another thing. Like, do the, do do kids know about the blacklist? I mean, you know, do people know what that era in our history was like? I, you know, we we tend to turn pages in this country so quickly, um, and you know, I. One of the things, again, that was something that the podcast, you must remember this, talked about was they went, did a very deep dive into um, all of that, into the, um, you know, the, that, the Red Scare and all of that and the Blacklist. Oh, yeah. oh that um, was a great series. Absolutely a great season. And Lee Grant, what a, I mean, she is just, she's a gem. All the stories and the life she's led and her husband, who was Blacklisted, blacklisted, blacklisted. Yes. yes. Um, you know, it's it's really something. I feel like people need to read up on it and and be educated about it because that's how you prevent things from happening again. Well, you you're giving me an opportunity to promote that. In I'm going to do the math. Just under four hours, uh, I will be back on here tonight because every Thursday night at nine thirty uh, Pacific, we do a kinescope and we look at the days of early television. And tonight's episode, mentioning the blacklist, we're uh, we're talking about uh, a production on Studio One from 1949. It's called The mm-hmm. Storm. It mm-hmm. was directed by Yul Brenner, okay. and uh, and it's an our opportunity to talk about Yul Brenner as TV director because he did a lot of early TV alongside his film career. Really, as things were starting to happen, he, yeah. his first opportunity was well, he was doing stage and obviously doing stage in New York and directing stage in New York. And when TV came along, he jumped at it, and he he trained people like Sidney Lumet to be a television director. Uh, you wow. know, so it's yeah. And and mentioning the blacklist, um, Marsha Hunt is the mm-hmm. lead in the storm. Mm-hmm. So it's an opportunity to talk about Marsha Hunt and her incredible career. So uh, we're going to be doing that tonight. Me, Gabe Hardman, and Jeff Parker. Uh, and did and you we're always invited, Susan? I, I I mean, honestly, if there are classic television shows that we haven't done yet that you would love to talk about. We'd love to have you because. Well, have, I was going to ask you, have you um, talked about the craft theater suspense show. Have you done a. Um, not, not any specific. Oh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. The early sixties craft yes. suspense theater. Well, technically yes. Gabe really wants to focus on the live performances. Okay. I love that anthology show. I think it's a oh, really gosh. interesting show. Yeah. I, mean, I agree with you. And so well done. It was Perry Como's production company that did it, I found out. Wow. And wow. I've been watching a bunch of them and I'm loving them. They're so <laughs> good and so well done. I yeah. mean the the quality is just superb. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I'll come back and we can talk about all that stuff. But you know, I um it 
you know, we have so many of this stuff in common. So it's like, yeah, yeah. we can talk about Justice League and we can talk about Joan Crawford. I mean, hello. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And I, I mean, really, uh, so many of those great directors from the 60s and 70s and stuff cut their teeth doing live television. The Frankenheimers, yes. the Lumets, yes. uh, and and all you know, Franklin Schaffner. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. all, all these great directors. So that's one of the reasons why. And uh, Gabe Hardman. It's like, would you want to do something like that? I'm like, I would love to do that. I'm a broadcast yeah. nerd. I'm an old Hollywood yeah. nerd. Of course I would. So no, it's really, it's it's been fun really watching that stuff. We did a whole thing on a lot of live Boris Karloff performances. Mm. Um, Hallmark Playhouse. God, they did this amazing Joan of, Joan of Arc 90-minute thing. And Eli Wallach was in it. And Jack Warden was in it. And uh, Julie Harris, uh, Juliet Harris, uh, Nanny and the Professor, she uh -huh. was Joan of Arc. She was amazing. It's so cool. So, uh, no, honestly. And that's why, like, I'm like, we got to do a Yul Brenner, you know, story of, when the, of him directing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Not only Yul Brenner, but Marsha Hunt. Come on. We got to do this one. So everybody yeah. jumped at it. They're like, yeah, let's do it. You don't realize that people had different careers, you know, like different aspects to their career. If you if yeah. you know them just as an actor, you don't realize that they started as a director or they branched off into directing. So, yep. yeah. And that, good for you. Um, that's great. Excellent. Uh, here, Lewis says, uh, back to uh, comics. Now, I don't know about this. I'm going to have to ask King about this. He wrote a lovely short comic a while back called Dated. It's about a date between Clark and Diana. Thoughts on Superman-Wonder Woman pairing? Of course, now we've discussed this before, but uh, by all means, answer Lewis's question here. Uh, you know, maybe John can organize a table reducing that script. Well, you know, sure. Um, love Tom King. Um, think he's extraordinary, but no, I'm going to give a hard pass to Superman and, and uh, Wonder Woman. And I'll tell you why. Because Superman belongs with Lois Lane. That's the duo. I mean, that that has just been so beautifully captured in comics and film. I mean, to me, Christopher Reeve and um, Margot Kidder, it doesn't get better than the two of them. It really doesn't. And so I just... I just love them. And I guess in the animated series, it was Tim Daly and um, Dana um, Delaney, I think, That's right. right? That's right. And I love Dana's interpretation. Dana did a bunch of Justice League stuff. So I think she's brilliant as as the character. I I just love the two of them together. I think Wonder Woman to me, and, and the way it was in our series, Wonder Woman and, and uh, Clark and Diana, they're like brother and sister. You know, there's just no romantic sizzle there. Um, and I know, like, there was the, you know, the 52 series. And, again, not right. a fan of, of the 52 series because I don't fundamentally believe the two of them should be together. Well, and, there, and I said I, it. Uh, no, I'm with you. It's I'm cool. on record. I'm on record. You're <laughs> well, taping, right? We are recording this. We are taping. Okay, well, so, one, all right. So one thing you and I have worked on before, and maybe someday we'll may, be able to make it happen for a table read, would be to take Phil Jimenez's wonderful Wonder Woman issue where Lois and Diana sit down and have those would back and forths and everything. Yeah, that would be amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yes, that would be, I mean, and that would be such an honor. That would be brilliant. Well, there, you know, honestly, maybe we got, yeah, uh, again, maybe for Terrificon, I got to get Wayne to, or uh, Mitch to uh, to <laughs> see if we can get Dana Delaney out there or something. That'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, because so many of the league has already been 
So I need somebody to play with. Right. You know, I mean, and, and truly, I mean, I could see, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Maria would do a great job if we had the two of you together and stuff like that too. But, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Maria and I, you know, there was a lot with Hot Girl and, and well, that's Wonder true. Woman. There was a lot, you know, because once she deceived the, the league, you know, it was really, there was a lot of juicy stuff to play. And then that scene where they're in the cafeteria together and, you know, um, they're set up to talk and, you know, they, they don't know they're being set up to talk. And, you know, there's just so much comedy with, which was so fun to play because Wonder Woman doesn't get to be funny a lot. So anything that was a little bit humorous was just a joy. <laughs> Absolutely. Who played Zatanna in that uh, Wonder Pig uh, uh, episode? You're going to kill me. I know, and I can't think of it. Oh, buddy, it's okay. I don't mean to put no, you No, I got to think of it. I got to give her credit. All right, she good. She was so because, wonderful. Yeah, no, it, it really, that was such, that was a lot of fun, that episode in general. Uh, yeah, Jesus. All right. Although uh, they turned you into, you know, again, you unfortunately, you didn't get, I don't know how many scenes you got with her because uh, sadly they were chasing you. So Right. And it's not even like, you know, it's so funny because it's not like I get a lot to do in that episode. But it's, but I just love it so much. Well, every, and, and truly, everybody loves it. And yeah, I mean, it's again great moments in there. And even even in the the few seconds you have when you're humming "Am I Blue" as you walk off, <laughs> just Good loved stuff, it, man. Come just on, loved it, Julie. I think Juliet. Huh? It's set. Well, it's giving me a bunch of actors, but. I'm trying to find the one that was in that episode. Sure. Because other other people have obviously This little piggy, right? Her. Yeah, this little piggy. Written. Uh, are you there? Yes. Can you yeah. see me? No, no, no. It's all right. I just I was I was looking it up too, so I was I was looking oh, up. Oh, you look it up because it's giving me all, all right. this nonsense Don't right worry, now. Buddy. And you you have an easier time. All right, no problem. We'll figure it out in a second. Um, they were asking too. Have you watched Superman and Lois uh, yet? The TV show? No, but I hear, and I'm really late to the party on that because I hear it's brilliant. I mean, every talk about. I mean, everyone loves it. You, usually with shows like this, there are a few that you know love it, a few that don't love it. Everybody has talked about how brilliant it is. So I will catch up on that at some point when I'm done with my film noir. Um, I have to, I have to revisit that. I will find it. Did you find it? I did. Jennifer Hale. Oh, okay. So there you go. That she was in that one. Very good. I like it. Um, pardon me. Shakim. She loves the digital age. You want to be a filmmaker an audio engineer. You can do that shit. hundred percent. Absolutely. Shakim. Yeah. I don't know if you're a man or a woman. You forgive me if, uh, I'm getting the gender wrong. I apologize. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. No, it's a, Hey, uh, listen, I was a broadcaster for many years. I learned how to do what I do in my job. That said, as soon as, uh, technology caught up with us and we can have citizen media, uh, it's been a great advantage to me. And I already knew, you know, I already had the skills. So right. I, I, didn't have, I don't, I mean, I, when I used to, when I left college, my assumption was, all right, I'll save a couple grand and build a home studio, a real big home studio. And instead, luckily, uh, you know, technology caught up and I didn't have to do it, you know. Right. So here we are. Yes, cool. for sure. Pretty cool. 
Absolutely. Um, and also mentioning Mankiewicz, uh, and again, you'll forgive me, but it's an opportunity to talk about this monkeys thing. A lot of the, the ways that he does the plot thickens is how I'm going to incorporate my narrative where I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be interviewing my friend who uh, gathered a lot of these core monkey interviews mm-hmm. uh, 10 years ago when, when Peter and Davey were still alive as well. Right. Um, but when, you know, we're going to have our conversation and then cut to the various interviews that I'm currently doing, but also these old interviews. So it's kind of a bit of a Mankiewicz kind of hybrid between that. And then I don't know if you're a Beatle person. I am. Uh, okay. Well, there's a great- because of the documentary, I even fell in love, like I fell in love again. You know, well, I know. Was, Isn't um, that great? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That was like a game changer. Really? Well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, there's a great Irish Beatles podcast called Nothing Is Real. And it's these two Irish guys doing a deep dive on the Beatles career, just going back and forth. They don't play a note of Beatles music because I'm sure to get the rights to do it would be right. incredibly expensive. They don't sure. have to. We know the music. Right. So they just tell us the stories. And my monkey thing is going to be a combination of that, where I'll be talking okay. to my friend who did these original interviews, and then also cutting to the interviews themselves, the way that Mekowitz does in his narrative. So that's kind of the what I'm going for for the monkey thing. I love I love when you have the the, the pieces, either it's a piece of music or piece of an interview. Um, I love when you can you know uh, sew that in. To the fabric, you know, it's so yeah. it just makes it such a rich experience to have all that. Well, and, that's, and I just like conversation. Listen, we've talked about Tom Snyder, you know, like Charlie Rose isn't on anymore, and I can't say that I really miss him all that much. Um, but I miss the format, I miss that one on one late into the night, um, or at 11, and it just you know, that conversation of with one, you know, two people just talking about something about interesting things. Well, that's, I miss it. that's the ambition of what I do. And, and I won't deny prior to knowing about what he was doing with in his personal life uh, from an interview standpoint, Rose was a, a model for me and Terry right. Gross absolutely is. And yeah. thank God she's still lovely and, and a, a great and incredible interviewer. She's tremendous. You know yeah. what bothered me about Charlie? And it always bothered me is he wasn't a good listener. He always interjected his own, it's like he loved the sound of his own voice and he was always talking and I just would scream at the TV set, just be quiet, let them speak. And, but I miss that format. I miss those people across that big, beautiful table. Yeah. Um, And, you know, listen, Tom Snyder was like my favorite, you know, I just loved him back in the day. Okay. More than Dick Cavett. I mean, Dick Cavett had great guests, but he wasn't my favorite. You know. No, I hear what you say, and it's funny. I literally just watched uh, a two-part Shelley Winters uh, interview With- that he did from the '80s. Yeah, it was oh, pretty wow. cool. Cavett. Yeah. You know? No, I I understand, and I agree with you. Although, at least that show, like Charlie Rose as well, and Fresh Air, would allow the guests to talk, and it really yes. was more toned down, and also. Because a lot of it, uh, I mean, well, he had his ABC years, but a lot of his PBS years, he didn't have to worry about, you know, breaking every six minutes. So right. they could have a nice conversation that really did breathe. Yeah, you, you, you miss that, right? Where you yeah. could just yeah. talk. I mean, that's the beauty of podcasts. You know, you just don't have to be interrupted every six seconds um, by a commercial. 
Yep. Anyway. Jimmy has, Jimmy wants to know, uh, did you listen to any of Lynn? I didn't know Linda Gray played uh, Sorceress. I'm assuming that's Dallas's Linda Gray. Yeah, it is. And I did listen to her. Um, I also listened to, I want to say Cynthia Pickett. Okay. Um, I hope I got her name right. She's a big voiceover star and she has such a mellifluous voice. If you, if you heard her, um, she was also, she was in St. Elsewhere. She was one of the stars of St. Elsewhere. Oh. And she voiced her. And so I listened to her, but she had a very ethereal quality. And so like, that's what I brought into the studio. Very ethereal. And Kevin's like, lose the ethereal. We're not doing it. Um, so yeah. Well, he's but I did listen a, to Linda Gray. It doesn't surprise. Yeah. And it, but it doesn't surprise me because as you said, he knew what he wanted from you. Yes. And I've heard him be that way with uh, Tara Strong as well in terms yes. of, you know, this is what I want and everything. And really, right, Tara Strong, am I saying your name right? Yes, of course. Okay. And, you know, um, I just think if 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 it's in my wheelhouse, like, tell me what you want. I'm, I'm good to do it. You know, let me do it. Um, Matt wants to know, and I know you've probably said this before on our conversations, but for his purposes, he says he came in late. Uh, do you have a favorite specific uh, Justice League or Justice League Unlimited episode? You know, I have so many, but we were talking about this little piggy. Um, but also I loved the once in future, once in future thing, I think it was called. Um, Dwayne wrote title. that and I loved the music in that episode, you know, the Western stuff, you know, these are the fast, the, these are the slowest bullets, you know, um, it was so, <laughs> it was so freaking smart and funny and, you add that and the music to it, the story, the music. The, I got to wear a cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> you know, you put the wardrobe in there. Uh, it was so fun. It was so, so fun. But, I mean, anytime I think the seven of us were together, when we got to be together, um, you know, fighting the good fight, I just so enjoyed that. You know, I think one of the things that's so hard about the times we're living in is that you're always, I'm always looking for justice and I'm not seeing much of it these days. And it's very, very frustrating. So when you can be part of a show that gives you justice week in and week out, it's very gratifying. We need our heroes. Absolutely. Well, that's what was so brilliant about Alex Ross's pictures that you started off with, because there's something about looking at those pictures so heroic, so bigger than life, monumental, iconic pictures. Yeah. It just takes your breath away. Literally, it takes, it took my breath away watching those pictures. Hats off. Hats off to Mr. Alex Ross. Absolutely. Well, and his people that uh, put together that video montage, no question. And, and yeah, you know, at the same time, iconic, but very real. And yet yeah. suddenly they do feel like you can reach out and, and touch them. I mean, that's the beauty of his art to me is you, they really do feel like you could be like uh, Norman McKay from Kingdom Come, uh, the priest in the story right. and stuff that is, you know, kind of walking among these gods and everything, but, you know, can really have these conversations with them and stuff. But he, so but it, but the, that, those pictures, it does feel like, wow. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah. It's so special. That was 
brilliant. That was a, I had never seen that. That was so glorious. That's awesome. Um, there you go. Hey, listen, you've been great. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to wear out your welcome and, or my welcome with you. And, uh, uh, let's leave, let's leave some, uh, for, for another conversation. For the next time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I told you earlier when we spoke that I have a couple of things coming up, but I can't talk, I can't divulge them. So when those things come out, I will be happy to, um, you know, chat again and, you know, just ask anyone who's listening to, you know, tweet out hashtag JL reunion. Um, the Wonder Woman animated series is also another hashtag. So we're hoping to get all these things going down the road. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And uh, if you have an HBO Max account, uh, watch your reruns stream, there. Stream, yes. stream those shows. They're they're right there. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I've watched them both. And, um, you know, fu- so fun revisiting. So fun revisiting the shows. Well, I think one of the first things I did when I started Twitter was I would live tweet the shows they were replaying on Cartoon Network. This is in 2013, um, which is like a long time ago now. But it was like, that's what I, that's how, when I joined Twitter, that was like one of the first things I did. Because um, it was so fun to relive all that stuff. That's So awesome. anyway, thank you for inviting me and hosting, hosting me and um, you know, letting me talk about this stuff. It's so fun talking about all these different topics. Buddy, as I've told you before, uh, if we, if we lived in the same city, uh, you and Ken wouldn't be able to get rid of me because I, <laughs> I would demand GH stories from him. And I'm sure he's got them. Oh, he's I, got I, them. No Believe doubt. me. I've been, oh I would love for him to write a book. I would love, love, love for him to write a book. Uh, he's got the stories. He knows everybody. And he's, you know, he was under contract at universal studios. Wow. You know, right, right at the cusp of, you know, of them, of the studio system, you know, ending. Yes. Um, But yeah, he, you know, he has all the stories. He knows everybody. Have you watched that documentary, uh, The Last Mogul, about Lou Wasserman? Yes. Yeah, I watched it. uh, Yeah, it's a great movie. I I saw that years ago. Let me reveal one of the stories I've learned from the Monkees documentary. Okay. Rafelson, the director. Yeah. Before coming to... uh, Columbia and Screen Gems, where they produced the monkeys, he was working at Universal. And he was and he had a show where he was the associate director, but basically the casting director for a college show that was called Channing. It only lasted one season. Mm-hmm. It it took place in a college. It's very much pre-counterculture. It was 6364. So the women should have been wearing like poodle skirts and saddle shoes, because it okay. was kind of that's that yeah, where the that boys era. are vibe of teen life and everything. Yeah. So um he uh apparently uh casting for Channing wanted real faces and real not just pretty people but you know real looking people and he had cast some actor who had pock marks on his face and neck and Lou Rosserman calls him in and it's like I don't want to see people like that on my shows. I want good looking people and in classic Rafelson fashion through a fit tore up Wasserman's office and that he got fired. And that's what led him to Columbia and being with Bert Schneider and eventually them making the monkeys. But before that he was at universal. So there <laughs> it's like, Who's okay. The actor? Do you know who the actor was? No, I wish I did. I, 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 I could, I could think of some great character actors that did, you know, have, have that kind of unfortunate complexion. Yeah. The but- first one that came to mind was like Tommy Lee Jones you know, oh, or somebody like that. But I don't know if that's the right era. 
no, there's a guy, Sid, and I can't think of Sid's last name, but oh my God. I mean, he did a, he was a, a Catwoman a sidekick in a Batman episode. I can't think of his, he, he definitely did a Get Smart and he did The Monkeys and several other shows. And I was thinking maybe it was that guy or I don't huh, know. Interesting. Era, I you don't know, know what I realized as we're doing this for the last hour? We need <laughs> people to write in all the things that we can't remember in the moments. <laughs> how many times have this I like true. the name just whoo, goes out of my oh, head man. anyway thank you John that's Susan Eisenberg man it's so nice to hear that DC and Warners are maybe finally getting the importance of Wonder Woman and showcasing the character in uh, some solo things the cartoon maybe and a new video game uh, hoping for the best for the character and uh, hoping that uh, my buddy Susan is uh, the voice of Wonder Woman because I think she's an excellent representation of the character. Uh, she has been for a couple generations that have grown up watching her portrayal of Wonder Woman. And of course, she kicked ass doing Sorceress on uh, the Masters of the Universe cartoon as well. And maybe there'll be another season of that. Uh, yes, uh, well, you know, people who've watched the whole series know uh, her character's fate. But uh, it's magic, and anything can happen, as evidence from the Masters of the Universe series. So uh, great to see Susan. Uh, man, we had a great time on uh, Word Balloon Live last night recording this, and I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing it. Uh, we've got other great shows coming up over the weekend. I'm uh, pre-recording a conversation with Barbara Freelander. Barbara is a great DC Comics romance editor, and I uh, wanted to talk to her about... Um, her work, uh, we've done talks before, but we really never got into a teen magazine that she tried to get going over at uh, National, DC's former uh, ownership. And uh, we, we talk about that, and uh, it's another uh, chapter that I hope to include in my uh, Monkeys documentary. So expect the highlights from that when uh, my Monkey series happens. But I think I'm going to present the, the full conversation with you on Word Balloon this weekend. So look forward to that. Uh, I also talked to Augie DeBleek and had a great conversation about European comics. So I look forward to sharing that with you. And uh, man, we had a kinescope, but uh, it was not, not a great episode as far as what we watched, but a very interesting subject. Yul Brenner, The King and I, uh, the Ten Commandments, what a great actor, such command, the robot gunslinger in Westworld, uh, also the actual gunslinger in Magnificent Seven. Uh, he did a lot of television directing, and we talk about one of his episodes of Studio One. So uh, look forward to that as well. It's going to be a full weekend of great programming right here on Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Here's some of the highlights of February coming from Aftershock. You're going to see the release of Baby Teeth Volume 4, the wrap-up to the series from Donny Cates and Gary Brown. That's coming out on February 9th. There's issue 4 of Cross to Bear, the chase for Jack the Ripper from Marco Stojanovic and Sinza Banovich. That is coming out on February 23rd. There's also Paul Tobin and Andy McDonald's My Date with Monsters, issue 4, also coming out on February 23rd. Then there's the modern-day Christmas crime story, The Naughty List, from the minds of Nick Santora, TV writer of The Sopranos, Law & Order, The Fugitive, and Prison Break, and illustrated by Lee Ferguson of Sympathy for No Devils. That's coming up in April, and it's going to be another barn burner from Aftershock Comics. Don't forget, you can find full story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond coats on these and other books to order through your local shop at AfterShockComics.com. 
Word Balloon is also brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex's art speaks for itself. Iconic images of incredibly amazing characters over the years. DC, Marvel, tributes to people like the Monkees and Monty Python, David Bowie, the Beatles. So many great iconic people have allowed themselves and their estates have allowed Alex to depict them in ways that you want on your wall. Not only wonderful covers for graphic novels and comics, but also beautiful art prints, amazing lithographs, and incredible original art as well. If you can swing it, it's worth it because Alex is that kind of illustrative genius. And all of his work is waiting for you at every price point imaginable at alexrossart.com. Don't waste time. Go over there today. I'm sure you're going to find your favorite hero depicted by Alex Ross. alexrossart.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's right. My superhero team, the listeners of Word Balloon that back me through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. I'm not asking anybody to break the bank to support me. If you can spare it, if you like Word Balloon and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. And uh, it's just a monthly subscription. It could be a dollar. Whatever amount you can afford is greatly appreciated. It helps keep the lights on here at Word Balloon and uh, helps keep me in business as I pursue these great interviews and other projects as well that are coming in 2022. So if you like what you hear here and want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. And I really appreciate the support. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2022. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.